Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say we have Aoife today, who's Head of Creative Services. Aoife, how are you doing? Good. Thanks, Tom. Thanks so much for having me on today. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it as well. Aoife, can you start off by telling our audience a little bit about yourself and your career to date, please? Sure. So I currently hold a position of Head of Creative Services in a creative agency called Smart Group. So there I manage creative and marketing projects for clients in both a graphic and digital design capacity. So that's everything from print material, brand identity design to social media, websites and video work. So I moved into the management position about three years ago now. But before that, I practiced as a multimedia designer for seven years before that. Um, that has helped me a lot with leading a creative team as I understand the space for creativity that's needed, the time frames, how long it takes to turn around stuff. So I feel that's very important and it's definitely aided me in moving into a leadership role. Um, if I was to backtrack slightly, I studied visual communications in IADT Dunleary and since leaving college, my career has been quite heavily focused on video production and digital design. So I started my career in an e-learning company, kind of random. It was one of those situations where you leave college and it's like, oh, God, I just need to get hired somewhere. And I ended up in an e-learning company. Um, so my role was a lot around creating video content for interactive courses. And that really sparked my interest in the video space. Again, you know, like great exposure to motion graphics and also what it took to manage a live action video shoot. And although it's different content now, that knowledge has been applied to, I think, every role I've been in since. So like 10 years ago, it was quite rare for a graphic designer to leave college with video knowledge and you wouldn't generally go into a video role. So I think that's really stood to me, as I said, and served me well in my career since then. That's really interesting to know. And like, uh, yeah, it, it's it's amazing to see you do so much video and graphic work. So mm. obviously your strength is kind of in creative design and creating those uh, rich media assets. Yeah. So can you build out how you would go about recommending, like any business listening, how you would build a strategy and, and places they should go to to create creatives and maybe what's, happening in the market right now yeah absolutely um I think first of all it's no matter who you're working with you need to gain a deep understanding of their business and you know where they're positioned and you know sometimes we would work on brand identity projects from from scratch so we'd have to position them ourselves and that would be through you know competitor um research um and I, I guess that's key there's always someone out there who's doing basically the same as what you plan to do or the company you're working for plans to do it's very rare that there's, it's a completely new kind of topic and um, so there's always inspiration in competitors so that would be my main go-to like let's say I pick randomly it's a candle company that I need to work for and they want a strategy there's probably hundreds of candle companies in Ireland let's just say and I would go and look at all their competitors look on their social media channels 
what type of content are they sharing like go back as far as like two years ago look through everything what what type of content pillars are they sharing on social each week and you know what blog articles have they been sharing and it's not to say you're going to copy that but if they're a successful business they're doing it well and you should take inspiration from that make it your own you know it's it's inspiration really and I'd say it's it's all down to to competitors and and as I said it's understanding the needs of the business owner like if it is let's say a branding project the business owner is going to have their own wants and needs and likes when it comes to design so it's understanding what they want to achieve by maybe setting up like a brand identity workshop at the start of a project Um, and that's when you really deep dive into their likes and dislikes and of course if we're the creative agency that's positioning them we'd, we'd recommend kind of the best strategy to take but you do have to listen to your client also and listen to what they want to achieve and um, what kind of marketplaces or platforms do you find really strong visuals are having a huge impact now so is there any go-to social medias or or marketplaces or anywhere that you're saying oh this is where an opportunity is because of these creatives yeah like I guess Instagram has always been known as like the most aesthetically pleasing platform like the the pictures that are the photos that are put up there are just like obviously lovely and that's like by even just a normal non-designer would be posting like aesthetically pleasing content just by the filters that are available on Instagram where I'm actually getting my most inspiration at the moment is from TikTok and I'm sure that my team are driven insane by me constantly bringing up TikTok and I worry that I sound uncool now that I bring it up so much but I actually go on it a lot and I get a lot of inspiration from there because I I feel as I talked about earlier video is kind of really interesting to me and Instagram is phasing out kind of the photographs once once more video content going up so I'm just really interested to see what the different trends are on TikTok each week. Like it changes constantly. I think that's something you really need to stay on top of. And I think the whole TikTok battle is what I'm going through at the moment with convincing, you know, our company, our clients, my employees, it's like the people, team members to be like, we should make more TikTok content. And what is that going to be? And yes TikTok can feed you a lot of content that you don't want to see but that's if you're liking it I think the algorithm is amazing on TikTok so if I like a few videos about marketing or design I'll be fed back that content then from now on and you can kind of make it your own feed just by what you're interacting with so and even if it's a totally random trend like I don't know something food related but I could apply that trend loosely to my business it's it's looking at the trends that are out there and going how can we alter that and make it our own and so I find all that stuff really interesting at the moment and something I'm trying to embrace more and encourage clients to take on board and experiment with different trends that's on TikTok at the moment. Yeah love it and you mentioned trends there for a second Mm -hmm. so for anyone that you know, knows they should be doing TikTok and they know they should be looking at these opportunities. But can you explain the kind of trend strategy and how you would go about identifying and why it's important? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's 
maybe I'm on TikTok too much. I'd just be like, oh, I know that's a trend because I'm seeing it every day on my feed. Another way to see what's trending is like the viral sounds that are being used and just see what's in the top five, 10 viral sounds. And you'll see what's what's out there at the moment that you should be kind of mimicking. I think the sound is very important, really, that you use. Um, And, you know, you can interpret that sound in different ways. Um, Someone might dance to it, but someone else might show product to it. Um, So, yeah, I think it's definitely analysing the, the viral music that's on the platform and tapping into that and seeing what other people are sharing in relation to it. And my last question around TikTok before we move mm-hmm. on is creating content for TikTok. How do you go about that for clients? Is there a kind of site like other platforms you use to create the content? How do you go about doing that? Yeah, like I'll be honest, it's it's quite new to us as well at the moment and we're trying to find our feet in it. So like anyone can create it on their phone. So in a way, it's like we don't need a video crew. It's not going to cost that much money. If someone has a decent camera on their phone, that can capture the content we need. And I think at the moment, how I'm helping people come around to the idea of TikTok is noting trends that are out there and saying, I actually have an idea of how we can apply this trend to your business. Do you want to hear my idea? Talking them through what it might be. And it's really getting buy-in from the company because it doesn't work. TikTok is very authentic. You can't hire like actors to come in and kind of act to be part of your business. Yeah. You need buy-in from the company and like the employees that are there. So it's it's really convincing everyone to get on board. If there's a few people within the workforce that are willing to maybe be on camera but that's also like a trap people fall in you don't always have to appear on camera in the videos as well there's lots of trends where you don't have to show your face and yeah so it's just I think it's it's suggesting ideas to our clients and seeing if they're willing to experiment with us and yes we can kind of film it more professionally but I think at the moment I'm experimenting with let's just use our phones and you know I think that's the type of content that's out there at the moment and it doesn't have to be polished and fully professional to kind of go viral or get the type of engagement that that clients are looking for. To obviously back you up on that I I see a lot of the bigger businesses because of their refusal to, to identify someone in the business to do it they're doing there's a lot of influencer opportunities you know the likes of Mm. Carl Mullen or something someone like that is getting a lot of work promoting businesses and brands solely because he is willing to put himself in front of camera and talk about certain things and and build out a presence on these platforms so yeah and and maybe it's just that it's people are nervous within companies it's like maybe they're embarrassed they're like I don't really, I'm a bit uncomfortable doing this. And I think if it just takes one person within a company to kind of show that this isn't embarrassing, this is actually maybe going to make us money and you don't have to go on and dance or make a show of yourself. It's, you know, do what's within your comfort zone to start with. And I think you'll naturally just get more comfortable with it and enjoy it, I hope. Like, I think it's it's so enjoyable. And to me, this doesn't seem like a job. If, if someone was said, go and make TikTok videos all day, I'd be like fine that's brilliant like so I think it's it's maybe an excuse for people to be like hey I'm gonna try out these TikTok videos and it's break away from the computer screen which is brilliant 
It, yeah, it's just an interesting time. And uh, we had someone previously on the show who said that they would only do video work with a client uh, if the owner was willing to put themselves on camera. Do you mm-hmm. think if you had that kind of policy, I'm not saying for you guys to mm-hmm. have it, but if you had that kind of policy, could you see buy-in further like with others in the company if, if the if the boss, if the original um, owner was going to be the creator and then everyone else would follow that? I actually think that it is more so people not in leadership roles that might influence the company more. Like there, there might always be a stigma like, oh, leadership, like it's, it's, if it's the owner doing it, it's their company, you know, they're fully immersed in it and trying to convince people. But I think you'd get more buy-in if it was actually from, you know, like a junior designer, you know, just like, not in leadership positions maybe uh, taking on that within the company I think that would spark more interest and of course you have to lead from the top down as well and it would be like interesting to see the owner of the company doing it because a lot of the time the owner of the business might be too busy to partake in TikTok videos so seeing that would be like really interesting and if they were willing to kind of test the water first, I think everyone would also love that. I'd be like, yeah, please, let's try it out and, and see how that works. Um, and by having like the your boss actually buying into it is is great because there's a lot of companies out there that are still quite iffy about moving onto the platform and think that it's not suitable for their business. But I think they're the companies that will be left behind in next year, the years to come because it's clearly where we're moving to. Um, you know, I think it was only recently I was listening to the news and they said that like Meta's income or whatever stock has like dropped insanely over the last like couple of months. And it's like, it's just stuff changing within the social space. And I think I also read that Gen Z are now using TikTok instead of Google to actually search for things like they'd, Where's a restaurant to go to in Dublin? They'd be looking on TikTok for that. They wouldn't even dream of Googling it. So to not be on TikTok, I think it's just a, a big red flag, basically. Yeah, I love that. love that. And looking at your career today, is there a campaign or work that you're really proud of? And can you explain how you made it successful? Yeah, so um about one year ago, the owner of the smart group, Tom Ryan, launched our sister company, Swagcut. Um, Swagcut is a swag management platform that helps companies send branded merchandise to employees as gifts or branded merchandise to potential clients. So the smart group acts as Swagcut's main creative agency. And I'm proud to say we've worked on this brand from the ground up. Some very exciting. Um, we started with the logo design, brand guidelines, and worked our way through designing the website, setting up the social media channels. We also work on all the physical touch points of the business, like packaging and inserts, inserts, which are crucial, of course, for a gifting business. Um, so it's not exactly one campaign as such that we're across, but we're acting as their brand custodians now into the future for every touch point of the business and that's a big honor for us and achievement um I think on the social media side of things there's been a big learning curve for me as previously I've worked a lot in a b2c capacity whereas swag is b2b and their main audience lives on LinkedIn 
So what we're trying to do at the moment is build that B2B community on social media. And there's definitely a few new things that I've had to take on board in doing so. I think firstly, it's that a client purchasing something in a B2B environment, they're doing that to make their day-to-day responsibilities easier for them. Or essentially, it's to look good to their boss or to their own clients. So we need to understand our target audience's roles in depth and their pain points within their jobs and how we can add value to their day. So a B2B social media channel shouldn't always be about your own brand. You should be amplifying your client's brand. So they're the real stars on your channel and you should be nearly showing their business as best in class for having purchased from you. Um, And it's kind of like you're nearly making your own influencers and having people aspire to be like them, which just encourages more sales. Um, So Swagcode is definitely an interesting and very exciting client that we've been working with. And it's just exciting that we get to work across all the different touch points, everything from, you know, the traditional graphic design, print items, all the way through to their digital communications. So yeah, an ongoing, exciting partnership. Love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at some of your work on LinkedIn as well, and it's, it's fantastic. Great, thank you. And Eva, is there any particular softwares you use to enhance your role day-to-day? Yeah, so a lot of software, actually, probably too much kind of platforms at the moment. We're still trying to figure out what works best for a team. Um, well, the main one from a creative capacity would be adobe creative suite and that would be kind of our bible but then to me because i'm managing the team there would be a lot of project management tools that i find useful and and really help us along the way so we'd use workflow max for tracking time which is so important to me kind of understanding where our time is going um, and how we can improve on that in the future and that helps with kind of the other kind of boring admin perspective things like generating quotes, invoicing. Um, I would then schedule all our designers' day-to-day tasks on float.com. Um, so love that platform. And then anyone that knows me would know I'm a keen lover of a Google Sheet or Google Doc. And I find no matter what platform software I use, I nearly always revert back to that because I just find having a a live document that is easy for everyone to understand and access is just key. So I do love a good spreadsheet, which is very nerdy. <laughs> That's brilliant. And um, like looking at yourself for a moment, is there any areas you're looking to upskill into and you're, you're learning at the moment? Yeah, so it's, it's mixtures of everything, really. I think working across the Swag Hut brand I'm definitely learning more and more about digital marketing um, each week. It's, it's always a new ask. And although like I, I'm a graphic designer, essentially, I only have like a diploma in digital marketing. And I've just kind of been continuously upskilling in that space over the last few years. Um, so it's definitely just gaining more and more digital marketing knowledge. Um, our team is also then building more or designing more websites within Figma um, at the moment. So I'd love to upskill more in that as well so I can help the team out. And from kind of being the head of department from that perspective, 
it's I guess like I, I I'm really interested to network more over the next um year um you know COVID kind of slowed that down put a stop to that and I'm really keen to just be meeting more people over the next few months and building our network and you know learning from from other people in the industry and even you know cross sectors as well like not necessarily just in the design space but from marketing I think even like talking to yourself today Tom like it's definitely the kind of stuff that I I want to participate more in over over the next year yeah well I thought I was going to say you're in the right place (laughs) right now so that's great to see and is there anywhere you go to to learn about new information is there any websites or or sources that you go to um to me actually like as I was mentioning earlier it's really social media like I'm just always kind of getting design inspiration from the likes of Instagram TikTok and LinkedIn of course like when especially from the B2B um, kind of perspective I think it's LinkedIn as well and touched on it earlier it's it's really it depends on the client you're working with where you go to to get inspiration from um so once you understand who you're working with then it's it's just doing a load of research about their competitors and that's where I get most of my inspiration from and looking at the digital industry as a whole is there anything in the future that you're thinking will be will have a a large impact on your work or the industry itself um hmm a lot of talk lately about the metaverse which is like that's kind of scary I don't really know much about that um so I think I'm interested to see how that unravels over the next couple of years and if that's going to influence or change our day-to-day dealings with people or what kind of you know content we'll be working on um when I worked in an e-learning company at the start of my career we kind of done a bit of VR AR work um and I felt like it it just didn't really take off. Like there was a bit of a buzz around it like a good few years ago and then it kind of died down. And now with the metaverse, I'm like, is that going to kick off again? And, you know, how's that going to shape our communication? So, yeah, just interested to see how that unfolds, really. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, at the time of recording, the biggest announcement this morning is, is Instagram have launched their NFT marketplace and it's it's only for certain creators but it will be all users before the end of the year wow well they're assuming the end of the year so that's you know the whole nft space is is cool if done the right way if, if there's utilities and things attached but yeah and you know what it's one of those things where i also don't really know much about and i remember it, it, it kicked off and i was like i should try jump on this now and it's new and understand it and then I think it's just like, to me, it's in the same space as cryptocurrency and I could just never get my head around it. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's confusing, but it's definitely kind of becoming more prevalent. And like you're saying, it's now kind of across Instagram. And how is that going to unravel also over the next year? Yeah, and I think it's important just even us discussing it and just even touching on it it gives people a platform to to look into it more and understand it and then explain what they've learned. Um, Lastly, Aoife, we always end the show in the same question, which is if you could bottle up one personality trait you have yourself, 
that you could pass on to others, what would it be? Hmm, good question. So I think I might describe it as like a, a willingness to work across different business functions. So I was told a few years ago that I had a commercial mindset and that was quite rare for someone in a graphic design position. I think that stems from the, the ambition I have to succeed maybe on a personal level, but then also I do get quite passionate when I go into a business that I want them to succeed because, well, that benefits everyone then. <laughs> so I feel everyone should go into work and treat the company they're working for like it's their own and, you know, really have that urge to, to gain success for the business. Um, I feel it's important to have a deep understanding of the business you're in and understand, um, you know, just how it operates, you know, how the suppliers work, kind of look more into other departments of the business that you're not in. I think it's curiosity. So whether that's a marketeer who gains more curiosity in the design space or a designer who gains more expertise from a business perspective, I think that's key and that's something I've always applied to each role. It's curiosity and the willingness to step out of my comfort zone. It's maybe perhaps taking on a few more responsibilities than is in my initial job spec, but that's fine. It's like, that's what's interesting and that's what continuously grows you as a person. And um, I find it really interesting understanding like every part of the business that I'm in. So I think that's what I'd bottle up. <laughs> well, wonderful answer. And that's it. Aoife, if people want to touch base with you, how can they get in contact? Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn um, and feel free to follow the Smart Group's journey on social media. Um, we actually launched a new company website during the summer. So it's the smartgroup.ie. So I'd also love to hear um, anyone's feedback that's listening to this podcast. If you check out our website and if you feel there's anything we need to change, I would love to hear that. So yeah, feel free to, to drop me a message on LinkedIn. Love it. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, so you much. Thanks, Tom.